Hello, this is Annabelle Asher with the Frugal Goddess Show, where we learn how to live the best we can with the resources that we have right at this moment. So today, you are in for a real treat, because the woman that I am interviewing today is the CEO of the highly successful Natalie Chaprone LLC based in beautiful San Francisco Bay Area, California. And Natalie is an expert in making you look your very best. Her company specializes in helping conscious business owners and women of all kinds to uh, look their very best as they uh, go out into the world. And Let's see, Natalie is an international speaker, a teacher, a facilitator, as well as a leading expert on all aspects of utilizing image as a business building tool. And I know a lot of my listeners are interested in that because after the crash, many of us had to go into business for ourselves. So knowing how to look your best in a new situation is always a good thing. Now, a long time ago, I had a book called Color Me Beautiful, which I understand is like the McDonald's of color uh, color analysis. And I was absolutely fascinated by this. And I, I tried it out on everybody I knew. I followed people around. I really, really liked it. And I didn't even know that it was a pretty, you know, basic tool that there was so much more to it. But when I started writing The Frugal Goddess, it occurred to me that when you buy clothes, the color is free. So you better get it right. I mean, why spend money on something that's going to look ghastly on you? And I know a lot of people do that, and then they they stop, and it ends up hanging in the closet. So we're going to talk a bit more about that. And then I wrote another one called Don't Ever uh, Waste Money on on the Wrong Clothes Again. Get Your Style Right for Your Body. And Natalie knows a lot about both of those things. And I know this because I've actually run into her at a couple of events, and I was so impressed by the way she looked and the way she carried herself that I was just drawn in, and I'm going to get my colors done, too, very, very soon. I already got them done once, but I wasn't quite happy, so I'm going to go to Natalie because I know that's the best. And so without further ado, uh, Natalie, um, what really brought you into this? What fascinated you that got you into the color business to begin with? me and hello everyone listening to this call. I'm so honored to be here and uh, and I know that if you're listening to this call, you're very, very smart because Annabelle shares so many resources about, you know, how to be more frugal, which we all need this kind of advice. So thank you for having me, Annabelle. And um, I, what got me into this work? You know, like all of us, I think my, my life uh, journey has been very interesting. It took some turns that I didn't expect, and I really didn't know I would end up where I am today. Um, but I grew up in France, and so I always had, you know, an interest in in fashion and style. You know, it was kind of like a culture a cultural thing I grew up with. But I didn't have a very stylish mother, you know, she wasn't a very girly girl, and she didn't teach me a lot of stuff, so I kind of figured it out on my own. Um, but what happened for me is uh, when I arrived in the U.S., I became a holistic practitioner. I actually was an Ayurvedic practitioner, so I was uh, in holistic health, and I was working with women around their body image issues, and, you know, I heard a lot of, like, there was so much pain and suffering around the way that we look as women. And so I heard it firsthand in my practice. 
And long story short, and I'm not going to go into all the details, but I ended up um, moving out of state, letting go of my practice. When I came back, I worked with a company, and I was on stage a lot um, doing, you know, coaching and um, just leading segments, and I was in the, in, in the public eye, if you will, so it was a, a company that was teaching holistic practitioners how to um, build their business, essentially. And so as a result, you know, um, I was kind of like, I remember, well, this, this was a turning point, so I want to share this piece. I was at, I was at an event, and um, this was when I was myself learning to be a speaker. You know, I was, I was speaking, but also I was learning how to become a better speaker. And I was in a small group. There was maybe like four or five of us in a little group uh, as part of a bigger room, right? And the exercise was we would stand up in front of the little group and they would judge us on our appearance. And they would tell us how much money they thought we were worth per hour, like how much money they would be willing to pay us per hour. And so my turn comes and I'm, you know, feeling okay and, you know, I go up and and they judge me, they assess me. And they told me, get this, this was heartbreaking actually, kind of like, they were like, well, we would pay you $25, $30 an hour. Well, the challenge was, so first of all, I was like, oh, that hurt. And second of all, and, there's a, and it, I don't want to make it sound like it's not okay to make $25, $30 an hour. It's a good, for a lot of people, it's actually a good good money. But for me, the reason that was so painful is because I was, um, I had coaching programs. I was actually building a business where I was asking people to invest with me at uh, programs of $2,000 or more, and I was struggling. People were not investing, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, that wa- that's why it was so painful because I realized there was a huge disconnect between my perception or what I was asking them for people to invest with me and then their perception of what I was worth. And this is the key. It, so, didn't, it didn't mean that I wasn't worth more, but it meant that their perception of me was, was that I wasn't worth more. And this happens to people all the time. Uh-huh. It happens to people all the time. So it was a huge turning point for me. And so I realized it wasn't until I... It wasn't until, as a business owner, nothing else I did to become successful in my business would matter until I learned how to dress in a way that would have people be willing to invest with me at the level that I was asking them to. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. So all of these people out there that are now trying to start businesses because maybe they got downsized or something happened to change so they had to go out on their own. They're not going to do as well if they don't dress properly. That's right. That's right. And that's why I was struggling at the time because I didn't even realize there was such a disconnect. Because I thought I was doing okay, and I was. I mean, it was okay what I was doing. But now, you know, now I make make more in a day than I used to make working an entire month at a high-end spa on the California coast. Well, you see a lot of people, women that, you know, they dress okay. I mean, it's nothing where you stare at them or anything like that. But maybe it's boring, like a T-shirt, a jean jacket, and jeans every day. And that isn't really going to get you what, I mean, it's okay, but it doesn't really attract people. 
I guess is the problem. Well, yeah, I think there's, there's, I think you're touching on this, Annabelle. There's actually two different, um, well, actually there's three things. When we, when we talk about image, there's A, you know, how people perceive you. So when you're showing up out there, meeting people, networking if you're building a business, or obviously speaking if you're on stage, or even you're doing a video, whatever the case may be, when somebody meets you, their first impression of you, of course, is going to be extremely important. So if they have a perception of you, it doesn't mean that your inherent value is any less if you if you dress more casually or if you don't, you know. It just means that their perception of you is like, oh, well, she's not worth as much, right? It's just, it's just an internal, they make a mental picture of you and then they position you in their head. So it affects uh, how other people uh, perceive you. And then also what we now know is that there's um, a kind of, I guess it's a part of psychology. Um, there's a new kind of group, science, if you will, that's called embodied cognition. And a specific subgroup of embodied cognition that is being studied is what is called enclosed condition, cognition. Enclosed con- cognition. And what we're finding, what scientists are discovering, is that the clothes that you're wearing actually have an uh, impact on your uh, behavior, on your abilities, on your performance. So they literally affect you as a human being and how you are going to show up into the world and what your results are going to be. So it's not just it's not just other people judging you. It's how you are when you're wearing the particular clothes. Well, it's both. It's actually both, which is fascinating, don't you think? Oh, absolutely, because we all know that people judge you based on how you look. And, you know, anybody can do an experiment. Like, let's say you go to the airport and you dress in, you know, maybe your dress down clothes like sweats and a sweatshirt. And then the next time you go, you dress in maybe a suit or even a very nice blazer and slacks. People will totally treat you differently. But I didn't know that I would act differently. That's very interesting. Exactly. And so that's what's really coming out now. And I also know this from a color perspective. You know, we're talking, so there's the style, of course, like what kind of uh, clothing do you choose? And then, of course, there's tons of research showing how color is affecting also our psychology and our behaviors. So color is another, I believe, an underutilized tool in our toolbox that's accessible. We have to make color choices all the time when we buy clothes, when we buy pretty much anything really, um, uh, objects, a car, uh, anything, we have to make a decision on color. And when we wear color that is incongruent with our essence, we'll talk about that more, I'm sure, uh, Annabelle, but um, color that's essentially not right for us and doesn't look good on us, it doesn't make us feel good, it actually has a, a negative effect on our energy and on how other people perceive us. So the very first thing is warm and cool. Is that correct? Yes, I would say that's correct. <laughs> in a very simplistic way, yes. Yes, there's, there's warm colors and there's cool colors. There's all kinds of ways to describe color. Um, 
but warm and cool is definitely uh, and neutral. I would say you can't really it's warm, cool, and neutral. So, are there people that are neutral? Basically, I mean, usually when you look at the books on the subject, they say, "Oh, hold stuff up to your face, wearing a, a white top, so it doesn't change anything." And if it looks, if you look good in orange and brown, then probably you're warm. And if you look good in gray and you know uh, purple, then you're probably cool. I guess that's the general thing, but I guess some people are right down the middle. Well, here's what's interesting about this. And, and, you know, when you're trying to take something as complex as doing color analysis the way I do it, you know, because I, uh, you talked about Color Me Beautiful, which I think was really great that the mainstream, you know, people were uh, exposed to the color analysis idea. They were like, okay, that's a, that's a good thing, you know, like I have to start thinking about my colors. The way that it happened, though, that what, what I find is it was a little bit dangerous is that it, it watered down the principles, and um, and a lot of times people come to me that have had their colors done back in the 80s or the 90s with the Colony Beautiful System, and they were completely mistyped. So in their case, especially what I find for my more intuitive, um, empathic or kinesthetic clients is that they feel things very strongly so they were trying to fit into this, these colors that were actually not right for them and it was a struggle and it didn't feel so good. So so while I was happy that more people were, um, you know, exposed to the concept, at the same time it lost, um, it also did some, some damage. But either way, um, what I want to say about this is it's, the foundation of a color palette, Annabelle, are what I call the five, pers- five personal colors, and it's the foundation of your palette. And these are colors we can see. So it's skin tone, which there's two types of skin tone. There's the melanin, which is the part of you that tans, and in some people there's very little melanin, so they don't tan very much. They have pale skin and maybe they burn a little bit, but still, it's called the melanin. The second skin tone is the skin tone blush. That's the part of you that blushes. Um, and it doesn't mean you're getting pink necessarily, but just whatever color your blush might be, that's your blush tone. Then there's your red, and everyone has a red. And I'll come back to this. I'll teach you how to find your own red in just a moment. Um, And then your eye color. That's another one. And then your hair color, right? So those are the foundations. So melanin skin tone, skin tone blush, related red, your actual red, your eye color, and your hair color. It sounds like people should really watch it when they color their hair because you could go very wrong that way, couldn't you? You could, you could, and actually that happens uh, sometimes. What I recommend is if you are going to dye your hair, try to stay as close and maybe just bring some highlights, lowlights, you know, things like that. Um, but um, try to stay as close to your natural hair color as possible if you're dyeing your hair because you'll know that um, you, you'll get the best results. Because Mother Nature made no mistakes when she made you, right? She made you in a very specific way. You're a perfect combination of different colors and textures and lines and patterns and silhouettes. And, you know, you're made of sacred geometry. And so it's good to honor what you've been gifted with. I believe that's my theory, and that's what I encourage all my clients. It's, it's about really appreciating and honoring what you have. So when you're making changes, uh, keep that in mind, that you want to stay close to what's naturally true for you, and that, that'll give you the best results. 
and it'll work for absolutely anybody, no matter what your whether you're a person that comes from a dark skin background or whether you're a very yeah. pale Nordic person or anybody in between. It okay. doesn't matter because we all have a palette that's natural to ourselves. That's right. Yeah, no matter, you know, what colors, what shapes, what size, what age, what weight, none of that matters. It's, it's all about what was given to you at birth. And making the yeah. best of it. And making the best of it. And yes, things do change. You know, sometimes we grow up as a blonde, and then as we get older, our hair gets a little darker. And so, but that, and that happens. Sometimes people are like, oh, but I still want to be a blonde. You know, they have this identification and so maybe they want to dye their hair blonde because they've always thought they were blonde kind of thing, you know. Um, and so that's okay, you know, you can, because that's still part of their harmony. But usually if they used to be blonde, um, if they stay in the, state, in the right type of blonde that they used to be, that, that usually looks good on them. I, I know that people that are very dark, when they start to go gray, a lot of us, I'm dark myself, would try to color it. And it almost looks harsh after a while because we change. When we get older and our hair grays, um, we it could be harsh to to go with a jet black, you know, a very black onyx, something like that. It just could be a little too harsh. So then you can just soften that a little bit, um, and uh, and don't go so dark. Now, speaking of harsh, I know fashion has been in love with the color black for as long as I've been alive. And probably way before that too, but a lot of people just don't look good in black. So, what do you do if if you're seduced by black and you've got a whole closet full of it and it just is not your color? <laughs> well, so that's such a great question, Annabelle. I'm so glad. Oh, before I forget, or maybe you can remind me. I want to teach people how to find their red. I'll remind you. Uh, okay, you'll remind me. Okay, good. I'll answer your question and then you'll remind me because it's a really good tip. Because uh, some people are really afraid of red because they think, I don't like red or I can't do red. And so um, with this one, you can't go wrong. So it'll be very good for you to meet your red. Um, okay, black. Let's talk about black. So black is such a convenient color, you know. Uh, it's easy to manufacture. It, quote, goes with everything. Uh, and then when you're wearing black and black, like if you haven't had your color palette done, in a system like mine where, um, I don't know if I've mentioned, but I have over 30,000 colors that I work with. Um, every palette I do is completely customized. There's no two palettes that are the same, just as there are no two individuals who are the same. So the person's coloring, essence, everything is different. So there cannot be two, just because you might be a summer uh, you might be a summer blonde with blue eyes, and then I'm a summer that's close to winter, so I have brown hair and hazel eyes, you know, brown-green. I mean, so how could you have the same palette as me? That just makes no sense, right? So everything is completely customized. So if you don't have the, the tool, you, it might be um, very easy to go for black. And because it's considered to be a professional, uh, formal, sophisticated, plus it's it's slimming, right? So as we get older and if we carry a few extra pounds, we think, well, black will cover that up and, you know, that'll be good. The problem with black is, like you mentioned, Annabelle, it's, it can be very, very harsh on some women, especially as we get older and we cannot carry this kind of, like, 
um, I was going to say intense darkness, but it can't be intense. It's just, it just is not flattering. So the problem is it will make a woman look older, which as women, as we get older, I don't, I don't really think we like that. <laughs> no, wrong direction. <laughs> so it can make you look older um, than you actually are. But if you have a lot of black and it's not realistic for you to change your wardrobe overnight, what I recommend to my clients is bring in some color next to your face, what I call the portrait area, you know, so a scarf or a blouse or a top, something that even if you have a black suit, let's say, um, the top of the blouse or the shirt or the scarf is next to your face. And so when people look at your eyes, which they do when they speak with you, well, they see the color. So that's one way that you can quickly make some changes and, of course, um, you know, not have to rebuy an entire wardrobe. Um, Overnight. By introducing. <laughs> and if you don't know, well, what color should I go with, and you're not sure, the first step would be just eye color, I recommend. Uh, it's a color that's usually easy to see. You go in the mirror, you look at your eyes. What color are my eyes? Okay, that's my eye color. And if you have brown eyes, I want to touch on this for a moment. If you have brown eyes, you can um, look for the highlight in your eyes. Because some people with brown eyes look really great in brown. Let's say if you're in autumn, for example, brown will be awesome on you. But some people... Um, it's not their best color. They could do it a little bit, but it's not going to give them the same effect as if they did the highlight of their eye. In the highlight of your eye, if you have a brown eye, is really that color that's almost like beneath the brown. It's like the color that would make the brown even pop or sparkle more or stand out more, you know, come forward. And it could be like an amber or a copper or gold. It's something underneath. So it's usually a lighter color. And so here you just have to really spend some time looking into your eyes, um, into your eyes and, you know, some in the daylight, like natural light in a mirror, and just really look and see what you see. what you see, And then make sure that it, of course, looks good with your skin tone and that it actually is flattering. So you know, I discovered I used to have brown, brown eyes, and now they've actually become brown, green, hazel over the, to over the years, which I don't really quite understand how that happened, but... It did, but I always had a navy, navy blue ring around the outside of the iris, and navy really works for me, and I think that's why. So you could just look for that ring and maybe match that. Yeah, the rim. I call that the rim of your eye, and I usually give that color as a dark neutral for my clients. So yes, absolutely. Um, if you have a rim in a darker color, that's also really good. It's not the same as the inner part of your eye, but it's certainly... Um, is a really good dark neutral. And it would tie things together. Or we could yeah. do figure out how to do the red, and they could get a red scarf in their particular shade. That's right. So that's a good time maybe to tell us how do you actually find your red. Sure, I'd be honored to do that. So I'm going to try to explain this the best I can. Uh, <laughs> so the first thing you do is um, stick out your little pinky, as if you were, you know, going to fit and having your pinky up in the air. So have your pinky up like that. And with your other hand, um, let's say you have your left pinky up and then your right hand, what you're going to do is you're going to bring your, your 
thumb and your index finger, and you're going to kind of pinch your pinky, uh, the tip of your pinky, kind of like below the nail, you know, so that you have maybe about an inch of your pinky that's um, still up above. And so what you're doing is you're kind of like uh, blocking the flow of your blood for a little bit so that you see the end of your pinky becoming darker. I'm trying it, and mine is turning magenta. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> so it's funny when I do that in, in my workshops or in groups, and I, I have people look at their neighbor's pinkies, and they're like, oh, my God, look, yours is so much deeper and more has more purple, and yours is so much brighter and has more vermilion, or, you know, they just um, they can see the differences between each other's thing. And so, um, or, or red in this case, um, and so they, uh, so that's it. So now what you can, you can probably get a lot of information just from doing that. You know, is there, uh, is it like a deep burgundy? Like for me, my red is a burgundy. So you could do that in a store and find a scarf that matches the end of your pinky when you're squeezing it. Yeah. And then that would completely transform all that black into something that a little more attractive. Yeah, that would certainly help as a first step. Mm -hmm. But red is romantic, isn't it? It's romantic. It's a very good color to wear um, if you are dating or on a room. Like if you want to be dating or, you know, are going to you want to find a partner or you're dating, that's a great color. If you want to go on a romantic date with your husband uh, or wife, that's a, that's a great color to wear. Because this works for men, too. the whole palette would go together. That's right. That's exactly right. The whole palette, everything you can kind of like um, utilize and mix and match because it all is part of your harmony, your palette, and, and it all works together. So what about great. white? White White seems to be the last of the three problematic colors. So white is a color that, again, uh, we're looking at, you know, skin tone temperature. We're talking about temperature. I have this beautiful blouse that I love that's optical white and it fits me perfectly and I love the fabric but it's white, white, white and I'm almost thinking, is there, a, maybe I'll dye it into some other color so at least I get to keep it. Well, bring it, bring it when you come. Bring it when you come. I'll take a look at it for you. Oh, okay. That sounds like a, a good idea because it's, a, you know, a favorite thing but I know that bright white is really, I mean, if you go to peach, that's probably better for a lot of people. Or, you know, any of those that, you know, shell, you know, like, has a 
little bit of, of pigment, uh, but again, it has to be in the right um, temperature uh, because when, when you pick things, so the challenge is, you know, very cool uh, Snow White is that it's usually too cool to people who have a more uh, warm undertones, warm skin tones. Well, it really makes them look thick. I mean, it just makes them look like they're not well. <laughs> so, and, and black can do that as well. Oh, that's not what you want then at all. No, no, no. <laughs> Looking sick doesn't sound like, even if you are sick, you don't want to look like you are. So. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I'm I'm thinking also it's not just color, it's, it's style overall. And a lot of people know about the body shapes like uh, hourglass, stick, um, pear, apple, that kind of thing. But there's also vertical uh, measurements too, like you can be long waisted or short waisted or have imbalance in your legs and yes. your top half and things like that, and it can all change what you buy. Yes, oh, absolutely. So the, the eye craves balance. You know, when we're looking somewhere like a work of art, the most beautiful works of art, you know, there's some, some kind of symmetry, some kind of balance. Even if it's asymmetrical within it, it's Something about the way that it's organized that the eye is just like, okay, it's balanced. So naturally, uh, the most balanced of all the shapes is, is the hourglass because that means that, um, you know, you have like the, your, your, your bust, you know, the shoulder bust, um, waist, it goes in, and then your hips, you know, there's a balance between your upper half and your lower half, and it looks visually like symmetrical and totally balanced and so but not a lot of us have that you know it's a, it's one of those um, body shapes that is very um, desired I guess but it's not or desirable you know that every woman will be like oh it would be nice to have an hourglass figure but not a lot of women are born this way and it also changes even a woman who was an hourglass when she was younger as she gets older a little bit with our body and we lose a little bit of the waist indentation so we end up looking more like the rectangular you know body shape um, but so it's so it's important to really be objective about what it, what is your shape you know again it comes back to self-love self-acceptance being able to look at yourself with objective eyes and not judge yourself negatively about, well, I used to have an hourglass, or I never had an hourglass, I wish I had one. No, there's so much you can do visually from a style perspective to bring, you know, some balance to your silhouette so that you feel and look amazing without making yourself wrong for not having the hourglass shape, you see? And even if you're, you actually are carrying way too much weight, and that happens. I mean, it's just a thing. That's all. There might be some health consequences, but just wearing big clothes like, you know, giant dresses that cover everything up or living in sweats because you don't want to dress yourself because maybe you don't like your body. If you were to actually go to the trouble of finding what does look good, even if you're too big in your own mind, you could actually benefit yourself, and you're going to have to wear something. I mean, you're going to leave the house sooner or later, so you might as well look good. Well, that's right, and especially feel good. I think at the end of the day is how do we feel about ourselves, and then that um, translates uh, 
you know, it, it's both, really, because I, you know, we can all, I think, think back on a time that maybe we got all dressed, and maybe it was for prom, or maybe it was for somebody's wedding, or, uh, or, or your own wedding, or like something, some kind of big event where you got really dressed up, and you got your hair done, and your makeup done, and you just look so great. Well, remember how that felt, right? Like, it's really uplifting, and it really does something. And yeah. that's where that psychological change comes in, where you actually walk differently. You walk differently, you carry yourself differently, you feel differently, you're happier, you're just more confident. You know, it's like you glow almost, and then people notice you when you walk in the room, right? It's like, who is that? And it opens so many doors. I mean, now when I go to an event, everybody automatically assumes I'm the speaker. Even when I'm just a participant, you know, um, I'm just going to workshops to learn or whatever, network. Well, people always assume I'm, I'm going to be speaking. They come and say, what are you speaking? You know, and I'm like, well, actually, I'm not speaking this weekend. <laughs> so it's just interesting. People treat you differently. And I've seen this happen so many times, you know, in hotels, getting all kinds of perks, uh, better rooms, uh, free internet. I mean, you name it. Like, people just respond. Um, to you better uh, when you are when you are confident and when you look when you look confident and when you are confident. So you could actually, if you were having a hard time, let's say, finding a job. I mean, a lot of people started their own businesses after the crash, but some people actually do want to go find a job still. And this would work even if you were right out of college, even if no matter what your situation is, even for the dreaded over fifty crowd. You could still change the perception and at least increase your chances walking in the door. Oh, my God, yes. Yes, absolutely. Because the other thing that um, that I find, Annabelle, is that there's really, well, like I mentioned, we each have our own very unique color palette, and we also have our very own unique essence, like who we are as a human being. Who, you know, what do we love? Um, are we, you know, fast-paced or do we like a more slow, you know, environment? Are we more introverted or are we more extroverted? Are we more, um, you know, intense or are we more soft? You know what I mean? Like there's, there's all these qualities about who we are and these qualities really will inform some of the choices you're making in your style. So let's say you're going to a job interview because you're looking for a job. Just, you know, because it's like, okay, you know, I'm going to get a black suit, and I'm going to wear this, like, it's going to be straight, and it's not going to have no embellishments, and I'm just going to not wear any color, because that's what increase my chances of being, you know, hired. Well, the truth is, if that's not who you are, and what you feel great in, like, energetically, that actually will not land you the job. So it's not like putting on a uniform like that. Like, it's about finding out what truly is you, your essence, and bringing that force forward in your actual choices of what you're, you know, what kind of style, what kind of fabric. Uh, because then when you show up in your essence, you're aligned, and that's when people respond to you. Like, who that? And then you feel natural, you can express yourself, you have a great time, you're more relaxed. You know what I mean? And it has a um, positive effect on all those you touch and on yourself and on your life. You know, people think that fashion or image is so superficial. But it really is deeper than that. It's 
it has to do, there's something about self-esteem. I mean, even a- animals, if they're unhappy and sick, they'll stop taking care of themselves. They'll stop grooming, you know, like a cat that ends up all matted and everything. And we're just like that, too. It's like, it's not just about how you look. It's, it's if you're not willing to take care of yourself, which in our society, it's complex. We're dealing with other people all the time. If people judge you based on how you look, if you just give up, it's a sign of something else going on. And if you do take the trouble to put yourself together, that is one of the markers of psychological health, actually. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. And, and the truth is that, there, you know, fashion can be seen, well, fashion, there's a difference between fashion and style. So I want to speak to this for a moment. Because fashion is a fashion industry. They change things every year so we keep buying stuff. And I really am kind of a fashion renegade in a way where I, it's really not about, it's not about the designers. It's not about what's in this season. It's about what's right for you. And some people do image consulting in a way that is a little bit more superficial. It's like, okay, what looks good? What I do is so different because it goes so much deeper. And it actually is a, I, it's a healing modality. I mean, when I received this work, I, I was weeping. I was crying because so much of my power came back to me. Like all those years of like not liking the way that I looked or wanting a different body type or wanting different eye color or different hair, you know what I mean, like in the negative sense judgment, that this this work actually allowed me to embrace who I am and give me tools to show up at my best. That's and really luckily, humans can dress themselves unlike other creatures, and we can actually correct for visually for some of the things that maybe we don't like. Like, let's say you really did have shorter legs or a very short waist, <laughs> for instance. <laughs> we actually get to cover ourselves up. <laughs> so I wear long skirts and long, uh, you know, or if I wear long pants, a long skirt is a very balancing to my silhouette. So I actually happen to have shorter legs. So, yeah, we all have something. And anyone could learn how to do this. And once you know, you don't have to redo it because your body isn't going to change that much. And I mean, let's say you you did between 30 and 50, let's say you did gain 40 pounds or something. You can always go back and correct for that. But basically, we stay the same for long periods of time. So if you were 18 years old and somebody was kind enough to give you the gift of finding out what your best style is, that would be an incredible thing. I mean, maybe it's something that should go along with high school graduation. Oh my God, that would be amazing. And, you know, I do work with um, kids sometimes, uh, their parents, you know, they have their work done. I'm like, oh, I want this for my daughter, you know, especially for girls. I mean, it's good for guys too, but, you know, as a teenage girl, um, the insecurity that we have, the, how much we don't like what we see, the changes happening, so I, I, I worked, um, I do people's palettes who are young, and I always feel like it's such a blessing. And I wish I had had that information when I was, you know, younger. Um, so, yeah, graduation, um, even high school, college, um, any any big, you know, any big birthday, sweet 16, you know, stuff like that um, would be, you know, having the color and the style design done would be such an incredible confidence-building tool. 
Absolutely. Because the truth is, the the people who work in stores in cl- all retail, whether it's a big box store or a big department store or a small boutique, they're there to sell clothes. And if you get a really good small boutique with maybe someone you have some rapport with, they might steer you towards things that are better. But mostly they're just going to sell you what you grab, whatever that might be. So it's really up to you to make sure you're getting the right thing. And with the price of clothes these days, it seems like it makes total sense. Uh, I know that you've worked out the numbers on how much you're actually going to save over a lifetime if you do or do not buy the right thing. So. Yes, I had to take a look at this because, you know, of course, working with someone like me is an investment at the beginning, right? It's like there's a, there's a fee, there's a tuition, you know, um, to, to work with me, obviously. And so people sometimes are like, well, you know, that's a little bit expensive. You know, they have a, well, why should I care? I'm not a fashionista, you know, because people think that they have to be a fashionista in order to benefit from working with me. Well, actually, I think, well, no, fashionista Fashionistas totally don't need me at all. Like, they already are into it. I mean, they need me to the degree that I can take them to the next level, you know, when we find the colors and all that. But but actually, my favorite clients to work with are people who are conscious, heart-based, um, you know, uh, just maybe they haven't actually spent a lot of time on their image because they've never really realized um, the benefits of it for themselves. Uh, not because you know they're not vain. It's not. It's not like that. Maybe they live in a rural environment and they've just been more casual their whole life, and now they're like they're hearing me speak and they're like, you know what? Actually, that would be good for me. So, um, so I want to say that if it's you, you know, um, that's that's the that's the thing, is that you don't have to be fashionista. You don't have to have a lot of interest. And and a lot of my clients also hate shopping. They just hate it because it's so overwhelming and confusing. And what happens? When you hate shopping, you go into the store, and I'm going to get to the numbers as I, we talk about this. Um, you go into the store, and then you're never quite sure. Of, is this right? Is this color good for me? Is this shape good for me? Is this amount of texture? Is this kind of print right for me? Like, there's always a question in the back of your mind, and that wastes a lot of energy, right? So number one, you're wasting a lot of energy. Then number two, you spend more time because you're looking at pretty much everything. You're like, okay, well... I'm going to just look through the store. So now you're looking at a lot of stuff versus uh, here, talk about time is money, right? As an entrepreneur or anybody, wasting time is very costly. And I didn't add up those numbers, but I, I could have, and that would be that would add up too. So with the actual color palette, it would actually save you so much time because 80% of the stuff in the store you wouldn't just look at anymore. You would just zone in on zoom in on the colors that are right for you, and it would save you so much time. Then what happens, so now you're looking at everything in the store, you're not quite sure, so you bring a bunch to the back to the dressing room, or you see something on the mannequin, it's a cute little outfit, and it looks really cute, so you grab all the pieces and you go try them on, and it's okay, you know, you're like, oh, that's cute, and you get kind of inspired, you know, you take it home, and then you realize, huh, you just never want to wear that skirt or that shirt, and you're not quite sure why. Like, I should really love this. This is really good in the store. But it just doesn't, you just don't gravitate towards it because intuitively there's something about it that doesn't quite work for you. So then it ends up as what I call a mistake, hanging on in your closet with the tag still on. So, um, so the mistakes. So if we add it up, now I was very conservative. 
I said, okay, so usually, even if you don't like shopping, you still have to buy some things once in a while, and usually you go to get something for the spring, summer, and then for the fall, winter, right? Because you need sweaters for that, and then for the spring, you might just need some, you know, just lighter, lighter items that are a little bit less warm to wear. So let's say you just went shopping twice a year, and every time you go shopping, you buy, you know, you buy several items, and of those, maybe there's just one or two that really you're just not going to wear very much. Uh, they're going to be those mistakes hanging on in your closet with a text. And you might wear them once, you might wear them twice, but you just don't, you're not in love with them, and they don't make you look or feel amazing. And so let's say that you spent on those two items, that's very you know, conservative, but $150. Let's say each item was $75. So now twice a year, you're spending $150. a year. Well, if you've been doing that for 10 years, you've been spending $6,000 on mistakes. If you've been doing that for 20 years, that's $6,000 over 20 years. And if you've been doing that for 30 years, that's $9,000. I mean, it adds up. It's really it's worth it to careful. spend, what is it, you know, if, even if, it, it, I've seen color experts that were like 600, but I know uh, you're a little bit more than that, but if you get it right from then on out, mm-hmm. you know. Well, now what happens is you're actually saving money. You're saving time, like I said, so, so yes, there's an investment to work with me at the beginning. That's exactly it. Even even if it were, you know, let's let's say if you if you can save, I mean, because really it's going to be quite a bit more than that. People who, even people who hate shopping, the way clothes prices are, you might be wasting five hundred dollars a season, and you could spend one time a little chunk. I mean, when I talk about frugality with clothes, people always think I mean you should always, let's say by like on the secondhand market which does work i mean vintage is nice too and you can find things in all kinds of places but i always use a lawyer who just graduated as my example a thousand dollar suit for a a person who just had a had twins and is now going to be staying home would be totally unfrugal but the same thousand dollar suit for a woman who just graduated from hastings law school and is going to be doing trial work is absolutely frugal yes. because it's necessary, you know? So it's what stage in life you are also makes a big difference because I know people have trans, like times when you're transferring for, or transitioning from one stage to another, like let's say you've been a student and now you're going to work or starting a business. Let's say you've been out in the business world and now you just had kids and you're going to be taking a break for a while. I mean, maybe you're retiring, and now you're going to be in a more community and social aspect, but you're not really working anymore. So there's times when you really need to reframe everything. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And the thing with clothing and accessories uh, and shoes, you know, it's like we cannot escape it. We'll, we'll have to buy pretty much until the end of our life. We're going to have to buy some clothes and some accessories. We just can't escape it unless we go live in a nudist colony, in which case then, yeah, you don't need me, but uh, that's very rare. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's something that we have to make decisions all the time, and it keeps coming up, and it keeps being a pain point for 
for, for people when really it doesn't need to be. Like it's just such an easy um such an easy thing to remedy once you have your color palette and you have your design blueprint. It's like, oh my God, like life could be so much easier and actually you can spend this energy on what really matters, you know, because if you're not a fashionista, it's not about like becoming a fashionista. It's about just just freeing up all this energy, saving time, saving money, saving energy, and then just having a work that you feel good in, but like most importantly, like you feel good, you're confident, you feel good. And the thing with women, I know all of my clients are, no matter what age, right, we all want to feel attractive, feel beautiful, feel pretty, you know? And when you wear the right color, it's like, oh my God, it's such a, it's almost like, well, I, I work a lot with entrepreneurs, so my, you know, I work a lot with big name speakers, and it's almost like this secret society that the very, very successful people know, and they all work with me. Like, they all work with me or, you know, someone like me. I don't work with every big speaker in the world, you know what I mean? Like, it's like it's this system of color analysis, which is the most precise and effective, and the secret study that people, people, very successful people know about. And what I'm about is bringing this information to everyday people. Why does it have to be just the elite that has access to this information? I want every woman um, and every man, I mean, I'm more, I prefer working with women, but I work with men one-on-one, not in a group format, but I do uh, color analysis for men all the time. And, um, and, and they love it, you know, and it works for them, too. It's funny that men seem to not really know about this, but if you were a man that was trying to make it out in the world in a business situation, it seems like it would really behoove you to figure out what looks good on you because you have to wear clothes, too, and success, you know, the clothes do make the man. That, that saying didn't come out of nowhere. That's right. That's really true. And, you know... I, so it, it makes us more successful in business because people pay us more money or in a professional environment, even in a corporate environment. Um, you know, women sometimes will get bypassed for reasons, uh, but just actually changing, you know, using color strategically, changing some aspects of the design, they can now get promotions or raises. I've seen that happen. Um, they look, you know, we look more attractive. So if we're dating, that's a asset. Um, I actually teach my clients what colors to never wear on the first date, what colors they should wear on a, what colors they should wear instead. You know, there's a lot of strategy behind it, so they can ask on second dates more often. Uh, and we just, it just makes us look younger, more vibrant, more attractive, and it just really seeps into every aspect of our lives. So the design blueprint would be like scale and design like patterns and things like that then yes yes it's texture contrast complexity like how many things can you wear together um the scale and um, geometrical patterns of your accessories types of prints you should do uh, the types of fabrics that are best for you metals um, what color metal like i'm a silver person yeah that's part of the color palette I metallics as well i think i'm a silver person but i know that there's a lot of variation, and you know, I mean, you see, it seems like gold got really the top spot, and you see people all wedding rings seem to be gold, and but what if gold just doesn't work for you because you're a silver person, you know? Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, 
please. So maybe white gold works better or rose gold or copper to some people, you know. Um, I mean, you know, so everyone gets their very own metallics, and I usually give several. Um, so it, it, it's very detailed, and that's why it's so effective. It's because, you know, each individual, each person is so unique, and things that are going to work with for somebody will not work for somebody else. So we just cannot take shortcuts with this process, which is why it takes so much time, but it's just very, you know, very worth it. So you could do a couple of different things. You could, if you just don't want to invest anything at all, but this has piqued your interest, you could read a little bit about it. You could get a book. You could try to hold some things up or maybe ask a friend to see if it looks good. But you're only going to get so far that way, probably. The next thing might be to take a webinar. And I know that Natalie has some really good webinars, and she also has a Facebook group where you could just get get the idea about this stuff and talk about it for you know, a very, very reasonable amount when you consider how much it costs to make a mistake when you're buying clothes. And even if you buy clothes always secondhand from, you know, let's say the thrift store or you go to clothing exchanges or whatever, you still have to wear the stuff. And if it doesn't look good on you, you're actually harming your position in your community every time you walk out the door. So it just makes sense to learn what is good before you buy the next thing or Get the next thing. I mean, if you're getting gifts and they're wrong, I guess there's nothing you can really do about that. But as long as you have control over it. So I was going to ask Natalie what she has coming up and, you know, how people could take this to the next level if they were interested in really getting a bead on what looks good. So you don't have to make money mistakes and have those terrible, sad things hanging in your closet with the tag still on. I know. When you add those up, it's just so sad. Like I wasted all this money; I could have had something. And you make it makes you feel guilty every time you look at it. You know, I mean, looking at you know, looking at the thirty, you're like nine thousand dollars. That's a lot of clothes. And anyway, you could get something really, really nice for that. And so we get the work done with me. Um, so um, let's see. So I have there's a few things that people can do. I I, I love to give free information and, you know, give something free so people can at least get started with this process. So I've developed an assessment, which is really powerful because, you know, there might be areas where uh, you're really strong, like you really understand your your um, silhouette, let's say, and you kind of have a good sense of how to, um, how to uh, balance it. Or you might feel really confident in your colors, uh, but you're not so sure about the style. So it's really good to kind of get a baseline of where you're really strong and where you might need some support. Uh, and then you can then um, kind of like realize, okay, well, this is this is the area that I uh, need support with, and then you can start to educate yourself, okay? But that will also narrow things down to you because there might be areas that you're actually very good at. So there's an assessment that I've developed, and when, and I'm going to give you the link in just a moment, so taking that assessment will then um, give you your personalized score. And with the email that you get when you get your score and the report that gives you some tips, um, there will also be a link in there for an additional, uh, there's three additional free gifts that I have. And I call this the iShine Toolkit. And so the toolkit has a couple of reports 
talk about color and style mistakes that you want to avoid. And then the other one is a little audio that I have, a little, um, I guide you through a little process so that you could kind of meet your best self and kind of get a sense for, you know, dressing yourself for where you're going in your life. So it's very powerful. So the assessment, so the first step is to take the assessment, and it's called the Personal Style Assessment. So the link, the URL is personalstyleassessment.com. Personalstyleassessment.com. That's P-E-R-S-O-N-A-L-S-T-Y-L-E-A-S-S-E-S-S-M-E-N-T.com. Personalstyleassessment.com. So when you go there and you take the assessment, you'll then receive the email that has some tips and a link to the additional uh, gift, which is probably and then, in addition, um, I share a lot of tips and um, just a lot of ideas, a lot of tips. I provide a, a lot of value on my Facebook fan page. So, if you want to stay connected with me and just receive, um, you know, some tips, um, few little tips. Like today, I had a really good tip I'm going to share with you. Um, it's uh, you know how you put your when you put your um, moisturizer on or your serums, you know, like you wash your face, then you put your um, your toner, and then you might put your serum, like a very nourishing serum, like an anti-aging, and then maybe you put your moisturizing cream on top. Well, if you have extra on your hands, which we usually do, um, some people wipe their hands off on the towel, you know, after they're done. But what I recommend is you actually apply the excess product on the back of your hands. So now you're introducing, you're saving money because you're just um, bringing this really expensive serum and this expensive moisturizer on the back of your hands. It's going to help your hands. Your poor hands need a little bit of love. (laughs) They're going to love that, right? So it's little tips like that. And I'm always about being healthy and saving money and, you know, um, it's it's a good alignment. So the way to get to my Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash my name, which is Nathalie Chaperon, and then LLC at the end. And my name is spelled the French way, so it's N as in Nancy, A, T as in Tom, H as in Henry, A, L, I, E, N, A, T, H, A, L, I, E. And then my last name, C as in Cat, H as in Henry, P as in Paul, R, O, N as in Nancy, and then the letters LLC, all It's not superficial at all. It's about how you show up in the world. And the first thing people see is how you look. And we just can't get around that. So you might as well look the very best that you can. And I completely recommend just getting your feet wet with this stuff. You know, if you're not ready to really jump all the way in, there's a lot of things you can do without spending anything at all. And then as you see the effect, you're going to get more interested and hopefully learn 
the things that maybe you haven't been doing perfectly, and then eventually you're going to step out as a, almost a completely different person. It's like giving yourself a makeover, basically. So I'd like to say thank you very much, Natalie, for coming today. This has been very informative, and hopefully there's people right now that are checking themselves <laughs> with some whatever they have around in, that's in terms of color, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Because you can really see it. It's it's not a it's not a big mystery once you hold things up to your face. <laughs> it's true. It's just a matter of really looking. And I want to say also the last thing I will say is um, uh, when you take the assessment, uh, depending on how you answer and where how you score, um, if you're really motivated and you want to have a conversation with me, I am gifting you. Um, based on you know, based on on what's happening with your assessment, uh, some people who who qualify, I guess, will get a link where they can actually book a time to talk to me and have an actual conversation with me, and I can actually take you know talk to you personally about your specific situation and and just give you some tips actually on the phone as well. So um, that's another layer of of support that you can get. Um, by having a conversation with me. So you have to take the assessment first, and then if you qualify, then uh, then we'll have a conversation. And absolutely, it will help you the minute you go and try to get some new clothes, no matter where you get them. You'll never think about it the same way again. So thanks once again, Natalie, for coming on. This has been a huge help. Thank you, Annabelle, for having me, and thank you for listening out there. I hope this was really helpful for you and that you get you know, great results with the staff, and, and you see your life really transform in good ways um, as a result of what you heard today and then whatever next, um, when, whenever our paths cross next, that'll be it's my So pleasure. go to your closet, take out all those sad things with the, hang, with the tag still on them, take them somewhere to a consignment shop, give them to charity, clear the space. And make better decisions next time. And speaking of next time, please do join us again. This is Annabelle Asher with the Frugal Goddess Show. And I'll be back next week with some more frugal tips for everyone. Thanks a lot. and Bye-bye. Bye-bye.